people that I was a real mess. That leads ultimately to a point in your life where you, where you feel that you just can't take it anymore and you're ready to, to, uh, to check out. The uh, King of Kings lifted me off the floor that night and said to me, Clarence, what are you doing? And I said in retort, why me? And no sooner did I get those words out of my mouth the answer came, well, why not? Would you rather your sister or your brother or your child? Mental illness was something I knew nothing about. It's hard for people to talk about uh, mental health problems. So I, I really at one point thought, wow, maybe these black people don't recover. Do, do people who look like me recover? Because I'm not seeing it. I got a little worried. I had this moment of worry. I was doing fine, but I had this moment of worry that maybe this was all fake or that it would just shatter like glass or something. I thought it was something to fear. I thought it was something that was going to be devastating for our son, that he could never have a good quality of life again. You don't have to suffer alone don't have to believe that you're stuck with it for the rest of your life. You know, when I uh, got sober 23 years ago, uh, and I went into these rooms and asked for help, uh, and they said, well, they said, ask that old dude over there for the money. So I said, I got to ask for help. They said, well, you have to ask somebody for help. They said, ask that old dude over there. And when I asked the old dude, I didn't know that the old dude was a psychiatrist. I now have a journey and a recovery story that I can share with other families. So that's where I always start with them is just don't give up hope. It seems hopeless, but know that recovery is possible. Everybody has their place of recovery. It's different for everyone, but it is there. It is possible. And that's really what peer support is. Nothing more is um, someone who is walking in that shoe um, and in that space that you've been in be able to um, share their experience, to be able to um, definitely make you feel like you're not alone. I never felt like I was alone. Wow, somebody else is there. You have to think about that. I think people get it. People understand because they have been to that point where they feel like they're in a struggle, and they really are. We really are in a struggle. But guess what? We're all in we all are. See, that was the thing that I learned from NAMI and was able to pass on to him was about recovery and say you can have that great quality of life. You can be, you know, many of the things that you've always wanted to be. You just happen to have a mental illness at the same time. Recovery is not you know, these, these symptoms are going to go away and, and I'm going to be happy and carefree and joyful the rest of my life. Recovery is, in fact, you know, uh, having uh, achieved a greater capacity uh, for things like love and creativity and work and, um, and integrity. In recovery, you know, I learned, oh, you take two steps forward, one step back three steps forward, two steps back. It's a sort of back and forth, back and forth. But what I like about the spiral sort of uh, analogy is you're always moving forward. 
and sometimes I may be moving a little bit slower or it may even appear that I stopped, but I haven't gone backwards. I'm still moving forward. I have found a way to express those things that have been hidden in me for so many years and I did not know it was there. It's caused me to become compassionate, caring, hopefully authentic, loving, and understand the need of another human being. The critical thing that I found in Nam was that there is a, there's a voice. Uh, I found my voice uh, in recovery uh, through Nam. At Nam, we embrace the entire family. We have this journey that we've all been on together. We rely on each other. People say, you're just, when you speak about NAMI, when you speak about what you do, you just light up and you're so passionate about it. I said, because it's, it's so helpful to others and that's the greatest thing that I see is how we can help a family. I have found a way to, ex to not extend my life, but to make my life more relative to human beings. And I've done that through what I've learned, not through, just through NAMI, the principles and all that, but through the people who are so passionate and who are so desperately in love with their family members and friends. You're listening to Apparently with Mr. Genda, the podcast that explores life's uncut moments and helps you through them. I'm your host, Mr. Genda. Let's see what we have in store for you today. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Apparently with Mr. Genda. Um, this is a little bit different for me because... It talks about, well, it is about mental health and um, with it being May, being my birth month and being mental health month, I just wanted to make sure that before the month ends, I do a PSA, a mental health PSA, because let's be honest, um, We've not been doing so well, and by we, I mean the black community. I'm not talking about everybody else. I'm talking about my people. And um, it's been a little bit rough, but what can you say? The video, the audio you just listened to is actually a video from NAMI's website and NAMI is um, National Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, I will go ahead and provide the link in the post that accompanies this podcast. So if you need that link, just jump on over to the website www.mrgenda.com and look for the posts for 
the title episode 3 mental health PSA you will find all the links to anything that I mentioned here today um, if you just permit me today to be selfish and just talk about how mental health or mental illness affects the black community I know of all you've been doing is listening to me talk to myself so today I'm going to talk about something that has become somewhat of a taboo in our community and um, when I say our community I'm not just talking about black community in general I want to talk about the African community and show how or show rather the similarities between the African community and the African-American community when you put those two together you're talking about the black community you see when I came to America several years ago it dawned on me that mental health was a real thing and um, I say that because usually we have that um, only in America phrase that most foreigners especially Africans use and if you are African you know exactly what I mean it's always we look at things and we say <laughs> only in America but the thing is, it's not only in America we've just been ignoring it we've just been failing to admit to the reality that mental illness and mental health is a serious thing um, there's so many things that are good and bad that seem only to happen in this land of the free and um, when you look and you dig deep down you notice that it happens everywhere else um, most Africans think mental illness is not as prevalent in African community or doesn't exist at all why am I talking about the African community well I've come to realize that mental health like so many other issues affect the black and African community in similar ways um, it's almost a taboo to talk about it in the black community and uh, today I want to talk about how mental health affects the black man now I'm not going to talk about just black community in general I want to focus on the black man why because I've come to realize that there's so many queens out there that are promoting mental health awareness that are working with organizations and um, agencies to help the black community 
become aware of the severity of mental health but there are very few black men black kings out there doing the same now I may be wrong maybe I haven't searched enough but the problem is I sh should not be searching so hard to find these men and when I'm when I talk about this, I'm talking about people of my demographic, millennial black men. I'm not talking about people that are out of that demographic because they've been doing it. They've been fighting the good fight for years, for decades. I'm talking about us. I'm talking about myself. I'm not going to pretend that I've been an advocate for mental health or that I am an advocate for mental mental health. What I can say is that I am trying to become one. But I first have to admit that even I need to sit down with somebody and maybe assess my mental health because honestly I don't know where it's at I don't know the state that I'm in growing up in Africa and um, let me be precise growing up in Sierra Leone I only knew of one person one psychiatrist and um, I think his name was Dr. Nahim or something he was the only one in the entire nation can you imagine in a in a country of millions he was the only psychiatrist and um, he worked at this hospital place that in Creole they used to refer to as Chris Yard and um, if you want to do a word for word translation, it'll be what? The crazy yard or the mental yard. And just being associated with that place was, was a no-no. And um, we've let a lot of things Go because we fear of being labeled or we've hidden a lot of things rather than let them go. Um, there are families who will hide people with mental illnesses because they don't want to be labeled as that family that has the crazy child. And it's so easy for the symptoms to be associated with supernatural causes um, oh he talks to himself it must be the lady down the street the old one that lives by herself you know when my son was young he kicked a football into her house and she said oh you will regret this day and then my son grew up and started talking to himself so yeah, she did something to him. 
No, she did not. Your son is suffering from something that is serious, yes, but it's not supernatural. Now, I'm not trying to say that the supernatural does not exist, because God knows it does. What I'm saying is, we cannot be blaming the supernatural for every single thing that happens in our lives, especially when it comes to our help. You see, the strong black man is not afraid of anything except when it comes to admitting that he needs to sit down to s- with somebody and have his mental health assessed. Oh no, 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 he's not going to do that because he's a man, he's a real man. But let me tell you this, brother. The people that make it taboo for you to do what you need to do to keep your mental health in check are the same people that are going to talk about you when you're dead they will say well he never took care of himself he always pretended to have everything together but no he did not maybe if he had gone to see a doctor maybe you'd still be alive Isn't that funny? That the people you're trying to impress are the people that are going to be talking about you when you're gone. So when your mother, when your sister, when your daughter, when your lover tells you, I want you to sit down with somebody and find out what's going on, do it. Even if it's not for you, do it for them. Because they care for you. They love you. They want to see what's best for you. Yes. um, Most of us spend our time. Taking care of our temple. We do everything in the temple. But what we fail to do. Is look at the things inside the temple. Little things that make the temple you. And one of those things is your mental being. If you're ignoring your mental being, are you truly taking care of your whole being? Because you focus on the physical. Sure, you eat healthy, you exercise maintain proper hygiene what about your mental health what about your mental being who's taking care of your mental being who's looking out for your mental being who's making sure your mental being is at 100% these are just questions that I have for you brother I am not perfect. I'm pretty sure I've already said this before. 
life is not perfect. Heck, this blog is not perfect. This podcast is not perfect. And that's why I said, if you accept this, welcome. If you don't, goodbye. What I failed to accept is for you to dictate how I take care of my mental being. And it's funny when you talk about going to see somebody about your mental health. In the black community, it's almost like, uh uh, you know, I guess you're special. No, I'm not. I just want to make sure I'm good. That's all I'm trying to do. Why is it so hard for us to take care of ourselves? And the funny thing is, based on all the research I've been doing is, we are the ones that are affected the most when it comes to mental issues. Um, Let me just pull up now, I mean, while I'm here, and I'm just gonna take this off of the website. And I'll give you the link, like I said, you can see this and read this yourself. That according to the, the Health and Human Services Office of Minority Health, African Americans, quote unquote, blacks, are 20% more likely to experience serious mental health problems than the general population. And it went on to mention some of the common mental health disorders among African Americans or blacks, um, major depression, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, uh, suicide, yeah, um, suicide, brothers are killing themselves and we think it's okay. We're already being depleted. Our numbers are already being depleted by the cops, by the law. And now we're doing it to ourselves. I'm not talking about black on black crime or anything. I'm talking about suicides. I'm talking about young black men killing themselves because they're suffering from so much. And no one seems to understand. No one seems to be able to relate to them. So they figure out that the only way out is suicide. And he also talks about PTSD. Why? Because African Americans are more likely to be victims of violent crime. We're not talking about PTSD because you went to war or anything. This is somebody that's been in the United States all their life. They've never traveled but suffer from PTSD because they're in a neighborhood where the crime rate is so high or they've been attacked and whatever. But we don't see that. We think you're just a punk. But because you cannot uh, get up and go or you can't overcome whatever thing you've experienced in life, you must be a punk. You're not, brother. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. They also talk about homelessness, uh, exposure to violence, and all this other stuff. 
And the funny thing is, we look at these other communities and we we judge them because somebody has a son with a mental health issue. We make fun of them, but they are seeking help. We are not. And uh, Nami goes on to say that only about one quarter of African Americans seek mental health care compared to 40% of whites. I know we trust, uh, we have trust issues when it comes to the law, when it comes to the man, when it comes to everything. So we distrust. Uh, doctors uh, we're scared of being misdiagnosed actually let me take that back I don't even think black people are scared of being misdiagnosed black people just don't want to be diagnosed because they think nah you're not gonna tell me what's wrong with me I know what's wrong with me that's the problem If you want to find out about mental health, let's say you don't want to use NAMI because what? Maybe you think NAMI is for the white man. We have the Black Mental Health Alliance that you can reach out to. Um, they actually have uh, something coming up this May, May 31st. That's this Thursday. That you can try to reach out and. Uh, Get more information. I'll provide the website blackmentalhelp.com. Or again, I'll provide it on the post. So reach out and try to learn more about things. You know. Let me give you some numbers, and these are numbers from um, 2014's U.S. Census Bureau, and it numbers that you will find if you check out the. MHA's website, which is Mental Health America's website, and uh, it's talking about black and African communities and mental health. So, first up, let me just tell you that as of um, 2014, 13.2% of the United States population which is about 46 million people identify themselves as black or African-American. And another 2.5% identify themselves as multiracial. So out of that 13.2% of the United States population, 16 of those, 16% of those had a diagnosable mental illness in the past year. So that is over 6.8 million people. Let me give you something else. That is more people than Chicago, Houston, and Philadelphia combined. I think that's even more people than an entire nation. But most nations in Africa, 
especially Sierra Leone. I don't even think we're up to 6.8 million people. I might be wrong. I don't think we are. So just, just let that sink in. 6.8 million people. That have had a diagnosable mental health issue. But yet, they have not sought the help that they need. That is just under Sierra Leone's population. I just googled it, of course, because I don't know Sierra Leone's population. I used to know it, but we're at 7.4 million. This is really serious, you know? And uh, I know these websites all relate historical adversities and all these other things that we're going through, all these socio-economical problems that we're facing as part of the reason why we are so vulnerable when it comes to mental health issues. I think some of those things might have to do with us too. We've created this idea that talking about mental health is a taboo. Why? I don't get it. So this is my question to you, brother. Would you rather not talk about it? and die from it or would you rather talk about it and live long enough to enjoy the life that you've been given think about that I follow a lot of black creatives on uh, both males and females and uh, I can tell you that out of all the ones that I follow, only one of them who is a man is an advocate for mental health. Now, out of the females I follow, I probably should have clarified, I, was, I meant out of all the males that I follow, out of all the black queens that I follow, I would say about 45% of them are mental health advocates. But of the black males that I follow, it's just one person that I follow that is a mental health advocate, a proclaimed mental health advocate. Maybe the other ones are, but I've never seen them post or say anything about mental health. Even this whole month. It's it's rough, honestly, to know that there's so much we can do to prevent a lot of these issues, but we're just not doing it because we as a community think it's 
something that just doesn't exist or something that we shun or ignore. In the African community, people would keep their children from marrying other people's children because in that family, somebody's suffering from a mental issue and they're afraid that that's something that's going to jump into their family. People have killed their neighbors believing that their neighbor is because of their son talking to themselves or the son doing whatever. Um, a few years back, um, in one of my WhatsApp group, if you don't know WhatsApp, you probably should check it out. That was not a plug, I promise. They don't pay me. But... In this group, a message was sent, and there was there were, the message was about a guy that I knew when I was in school back home, and he was a hustler's hustler. What he used to do, he would buy sweets. That's candy for you Americans. He would buy sweets and uh, all different types, Mars. Uh, Bounty, Maltesers, and all those things, sneaker bars, M&M's, Skittles, and all that, and he would just spread them all on this tray, and he would carry this tray from school to school selling candy, and his name, uh, the name we used to know him by was Bigger, if you know Bigger, shout out Bigger, but message was about how he had gone insane after some disappointments about coming to America. He was planning on coming to America and the plan did not go through so the message or the implication in the message was that that drove him insane. And then a few years after people started reporting that he was doing fine, that everything was fine, and then recently, I think a, a year or so back, and a message came that he passed, and that got me thinking that if he was in America, and uh, had sought help for that kind of depression that he must have experienced disappointment. I can only imagine that you've planned your life, you've worked so hard for years, decades, and you know that I'm going to go to America, and then, boom, it doesn't happen. What are you going to do? What are you going to say? That kind of depression, how can you get out of it without the help of others or without the help of somebody that understands the mechanics of it I think that's what he may have gone through but no that's not what people are going to say people are going to say because they knew he was going to America somebody put a curse on him I'm asking you brother what are you going through that you're keeping to yourself the 
there's no willing to talk to the people that are caring for you sometimes just talking to people helps I know I'm going through a lot and I know I'm guilty of internalizing most of the things that I'm going through but it's about time that stops because at the end of the day if you don't share the things you're going through nobody's going to know you need the help and the whole idea of my brother's keeper is for me to be able to help my brother when he's in need when he's down I should be able to give him a hand and lift him up but if I don't know you're down brother how can I lift you up I know my duty as your brother is to keep an eye out and look and see when you're down so I can lift you up I'm not always gonna be able to tell if you're down so I want you to think about this tonight or today or whenever you listen to this is your mental health not important to you is your mental being meaningless is your life not worth you reaching out to somebody talking to somebody finding out more about mental issues if you don't want to do NAMI if you don't want to do the black health if you don't want to do mental health just check out ourselves black that's a company an agency out in Atlanta they're doing great things I love them just reach out and just find out about mental health just look at their mental illness library read some of the descriptions of some of these illnesses and see if you're exhibiting any of these symptoms and reach out to somebody talk to somebody please don't just sit there and listen to this and not do anything I am not a medical professional so whatever I say you don't have to listen to it I'm just a man. I am just a black man. I'm just a brother looking out for another brother. So, do not consider my words as medical advice because they're not. I just want you to start thinking. I just want you to see what you can do for yourself. It is fine that others are willing to do the work for you, but maybe it's time that you do it yourself. You know, it is your life after all. Like I said, I did not want May to go by without me saying something on this topic. I know I have to sit down with somebody and find out where my mental being is at. 
There's a lot of things I have to talk through. Why else am I doing a podcast? You see, this way you have no choice. You're just going to have to listen to it. That is, if you are even listening to this. But if you are, brother, please, take this seriously. Don't let these definitions or these expectations that society let me rephrase that that the black society has created keep you in a place that you do not want to be if you feel like you can't reach out to your friends please pull out your phone just plug in mental health hotline they have them in every single state I'm pretty sure you'll find so many that you even be exhausted with the amount of things you'll be able to find but reach out to somebody it doesn't have to be your wife it doesn't have to be your brother it doesn't have to be your mother it doesn't have to be your father it doesn't have to be your friend it can be a complete stranger somebody that is trained to help you. You don't have to sit down with them face to face. You can call them and talk to them on the phone. They'll be there for you. They'll listen to you. If you like, I can share the things that I know about it with you. I can get you to the people that I know who are advocates. And they can help you out. If that's what you want. Shoot me a DM. Comment. If you have information that I can use, please send it my way. You can DM me on Instagram. Or Twitter. You can send me an email. You can comment on the post. But before I head out, I just want to let you know that I appreciate those who are fighting for the mental health in the black community. Those who fought the good fight, I thank you. Those who lost their lives fighting the good fight, I appreciate you. For those who are still doing it, thank you for continuing the good fight. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you listening to my rambling session again it's always a pleasure please like and share you never know you might run into me one day heck I might even be famous one day can you imagine that but seriously take care of your mental being take care of your physical being take care of your being and most importantly keep pushing this is the mental health PSA from Mr. Ganda to the world I wonder what you'll do with this or who you'll tell about this Hopefully, 
somebody benefits from it. If not me, maybe you. If not you, I pray that it's me. Whatever you're doing today, wherever you're going today, there's one thing I want you to remember is life is worth it. Whatever you can do to make it better, please do. Thank you again. forget comment and share like and post maybe the next time you might find me on iTunes I'm still waiting for that I gotta get to the whole five episodes and then apply for it I'm looking forward to that really Until then, you can find me on Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Instagram, Twitter, and the website. See you next time, folks. topics you would like to discuss, please send me an email at info at mrganda.com or DM me on Instagram. If you have any guests that you would like to hear, please let me know. I'll try to reach out to them. Remember, my show is not perfect. I'm not perfect. Life is not perfect. If you accept this, thank you. If you don't, goodbye.